Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Eli Isaro has been fortunate enough to have met Moshe Dayan twice. Once in Israel when he volunteered as a, one of the 810 South Africans to fight in Israel's war of independence. And again, eight years later when he was back home in Port Elizabeth. What was Moshe Dayan like? Mr. Israel joins me now to tell me about him as well as his other wartime experiences. Mr. Israel, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Well, I'm pleased to. <laughs> Mr. Israel, you met Moshe Dayan. I beg your pardon? You met Moshe Dayan. Yes. Do you want to tell me when you first met him? You seem to meet him wherever you went. <laughs> you know, it's a small country. Yes. So, uh, I met Dayan without knowing who he was. All I knew that he was sitting on our adjutant's desk, swinging one foot, one eye, and one foot on the floor. And he was waiting for an, an officer's dinner which took place every Thursday, and which I and a fellow, a fellow officer, were just dying to get back home because we both had young wives, and we didn't like them spending a night alone, so we then told the adjutant that we'd have to be excused for the evening, because there was a mosquito we had to repair. You were in the Air Force? I was in the Air Force, yes. Yes. Oh, you want some more? Yes. <laughs> you had a mosquito well, that needed to be repaired, and, and, and basically you didn't want to be where you had to well, be. You were we slipped out onto the road, which was quite a long road, from the airport to Rukhovot, which was the nearest place. And there was nothing going on the road at all because there was a blackout. But we saw a slot coming and hope. And the car stopped. And there was a gentleman who was swinging his leg <laughs> and uh, one eye. And he said, uh, you guys want a lift? He said, thanks very much. So we got talking. I must tell you... His English is very good. But a matter of, let's have a look, three years. I spent three years in the Air Force. Um, and I went down to Port Elizabeth, where he was the star of the whole show. And he looked at me. Uh, before he gave his talk and uh, sort of there was a spark of recognition <laughs> uh, he gave his talk which were consisted of four words sorry I don't speak English well <laughs> <laughs> that was his talk so his English was, really wasn't great so we went to the meeting which was the whole of Port Elizabeth was there. And after the meeting, the chairman said, uh, the general wants to see you after the meeting. 
So I went along with my wife and I said to him, I'm Ezra. He said, how do you do? And his wife then said to my wife and shook a finger at her and said, why didn't you come to my meeting this afternoon? <laughs> I want to give you a garush from your mother-in-law who I know very well. And the other looked at me again and he said, was she also fixing a mosquito? <laughs> So, so that's how I knew Dayan. So he had an excellent memory. No, so Dayan had a very high, and a sort of a very high uh, status in Israel. So you couldn't help running into him. And uh, and he sounds like a very warm and obviously very astute kind of man. I'd like you to repeat that. He was very astute, obviously. Very, he knew what was going on. Well, everybody knew what was going on. You know, when you have a country, as we had then, which you could basically walk across, everybody knew everybody. So, Mr. Isaro, can you tell me what it was like? You were 21 at the time. It was 1948. You arrived in Israel. What happened next? I hated Chazilim. <laughs> because that's all that there was to eat. Right. I arrived in Israel, and then I knew why I was there. We landed in Italy in a plane full of arms, I'm sure, and about 24 volunteers, and they were the best people possible, doctors, nurses, engineers, and we then spent a couple of days in Rome and then flew on to Israel. And um, arrived there. And as I said in my book, the first thing I did was to get out and kiss the ground, which unfortunately had a pool of paraffin or something. <laughs> so my taste of Israel is paraffin. <laughs> You obviously, um, in your memoirs, you talk about very close encounters where bombs were dropped and you find yourself diving for cover. No, uh, I didn't do anything like that. No? No, I was an engineer and um, I arrived to go to an airfield and was hijacked from Robert David and sent to the Weizmann Institute which was not the Weizmann Institute. It was an institute for agriculture. The Weizmann consisted of three large buildings, of which one was allocated to us, and uh, one was allocated to people busy on Davidka, which I'm sure everybody knows. That was that mortar. And one was on gases. And those were the only three buildings there. Um, we never had uniforms we had absolutely nothing so I went to work in my usual clothes and found out that being a, a technician or a technician in other words a Christian Turner <laughs> um, was allocated certain jobs to be done 
on which they had nobody around to do it. So Israel then came across the first enemy, and that was a welding plant. Now there was no acetylene available, and they had a monster on which you fed certain uh, items which created acetylene, and this acetylene and I had a fight <laughs> until we built a radar set. It was a radar set in which they were all amateurs, and the South Africans were the people that really built it. Wow. There was Morris Ostroff, a man of high quality. There was um, um, Sid Sutner. Um, there was, a, I can't recall his name now. I can't recall all names after, mm-hmm. what, 72 years or something. Um, we built it. How long were you? Uh, how long were you there for? Well, I I remained in Israel, which was for a year, but I stayed on in a regular regular army. Okay. Um, which was quite a big change, because for the first year I got two pounds a month if we were lucky and when I went into the regular it went up to 65 pounds so I stayed on and I stayed on in I was very very fortunate in the fact that I saw Israel from the civilian point of view when I worked at the Weizmann Institute well, I actually saw Weizmann, which was a little bit more important than Dayan. <laughs> and I worked at the Institute until we built the radar set, which was a joke. Because it was smuggled into Israel in the suitcase of... I can't recall his name now. That's okay. Uh, but I'll get it. That's okay. And um, it was smuggled into there and was sent to, we were sent to uh, with the Weissman, where I acted as a technician and built the antenna <laughs> uh, and a lot of small parts that they couldn't get because there was a, a man that mandate against Israel and um, lo and behold we built a radar suit out of bits and pieces Um, these bits and pieces were actually remarkable in themselves but the radar set worked Mr. Ezra when you think what a a kind of um a strong military power Israel is today. Do you ever think back and think, how did we win that war? That 1948 war? Um, that is 
you can't imagine it because I was one of the the few who went up there early and there were just no arms there were two 20 pound sort of uh, guns uh, uh, 20 pounders uh, one of which a fellow by the name of Dolesky was who was a revisionist actually and he was the one who actually fired on the on the uh, ship that was running the uh, blockade of the British and his father was Dolesky head of of the revisionists in South Africa and then his son who was a he was a revisionist to his fingernails and he just had to fire on the Altalena which was running arms into Israel and if anybody had been to Israel in the early days they would have seen Altalena outside one of the hotels now this was strange because you know was stationed the UNO Peace Group was stationed at the hotel, the hotel then, and um, there were no arms all of any resort. Well, as a matter of fact, when we arrived, there were basically three men for one gun. Sure. And as the fellows came off these various ships or came in, they were just handed a gun, not knowing Jesus. where or why. Wow. I myself, during the difference of opinion between revisionists and the general Zionists, was handed a gun I had never seen before. And... Uh, was pulled outside the one hotel, which was just opposite the Dan Hotel. And they gave me this gun and pulled off all the revisionists, because now there was this difference of opinion between the revisionists and the uh, and, and Ben-Gurion. Um, they gave me this gun a most peculiar gun and I thought I'd have a look at it it consisted of one big spring <laughs> which to my absolute distress went out of sight and landed in a thorn bush uh. I didn't see the Altalena I didn't hear Ben Gurion I was busy looking for this Damn spring. Um, and that was the story. I, I really wasn't involved in the actual fighting in itself because you were involved within three kilometers yeah. of wherever there was an Arab. Yeah. So that is more or less the story. The, the stories I wrote in my book were the funny stories 
It, put, it wasn't all war. Yeah. We did have our fun. Yeah, I, I, um, so some of these stories are available in this um, edition of Jewish Affairs, which can be obtained on the website. But if anybody would like to get a copy of your memoirs, um, Mr. Ezra, should they contact you? Should they contact me? Um, how should we? I think they could contact uh, Mr. Sack. Mr. Sack. Okay, I'll get those details. Because mm. I actually never wrote it for... I've written for years and never published. I've been published a couple of times on poetry, but on, and on stories, but not of this type. Well, I'd like to say thank you very much, Mr. Israel, for coming in and sharing your stories. It's, um, it's a treat, actually, to be able to speak to somebody who participated in the 1948 uh, war and who can really describe what Israel was like at the time. So thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. And on behalf of, I think, four of us in this town who are left of the 804 have been left alive. And I'd like them to know that we may have sticks, we may have glasses, we may be bent and crippled, but these were truly the best days of our lives. And heroic, and absolutely heroic. So well done, and thank you.